the other thing, and I say to the Branker team, and uh, to especially for people that are starting this job for the first time, is try to understand which is your personal relationship with your job and with the product that you are representing. Okay, this is very important. Once you understand what the product means to you and you have chosen the right word to describe that, you can transfer that better to other people. It's your personal relationship. It's what the brand or the liquid you're presenting means to you that makes the difference. So it's not just what a brand tells you to say about the, about the brand itself, but what a brand means to you. Because this is what people are listening This is what people listen to. This is what people believe. Welcome to So This One Shift, a conversational series brought to you by Decoding Cocktails, featuring people from around the drinks and hospitality industry, sharing stories with a friend, colleague, or acquaintance. With any luck, we'll get to listen in on some hilarious and heartwarming tales, along with the moments that shape our lives and work. Learn more about the show, our guests, how to submit your own conversation, and subscribe at SoThisOneShift.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of So This One Shift. Today, you're going to get to hear from two people who know each other just a little bit, and that would be Nicola Oleanis, the global brand ambassador of Fernet Branca, and myself, Nicola and I. I came to know of Nicola at Tales of the Cocktail in 2022. I attended a seminar he put on, and I was like, this guy is fascinating. And thankfully, with a little bit of networking, he and I were able to sit down uh, not too long after for a separate podcast conversation. And when I reached out to him about this new series, he was like, absolutely, I'm in. And uh, so we sat down to talk. And unlike our previous conversation, which was a lot more about Branca itself, in this one, we talk a little bit about his outlook on work, balancing being a father uh, and an employee to Branca. He offered some fun thoughts as well in terms of why he feels like you should respect the brand you work for as opposed to love the brand you work for. Uh, his his reasoning behind that kind of really uh, resonated with me. And we talk about uh, some barroom horrors. And uh, he also wanted to hear a little bit about how I got started running my original podcast in the first place. And uh, he's uh, just a, a a generous, warm soul. You can tell why uh, Branca loves him in this position. And uh, just a, a really easy, great guy to talk to. And so uh, you'll find links uh, to keep up with him on Instagram and the show notes today. And uh, so enjoy this conversation between Nicola and myself. If you want to go ahead and start and introduce yourself. Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, my name is Nicola Olianas. I work for the Fratelli Branca Distillery for the past uh, 15 years almost. I'm the global brand ambassador, uh, kind of like the guy that works uh, and travels the most in, the, in this industry for the Fratelli Branca Distillery for the past 15 years. So I'm very glad to be here. Thanks for this, for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm uh, Chris with Decoding Cocktails. And um, yeah, Nicola and I are going to share some stuff. So... Nicola, you know, you've obviously had a chance to see a lot over the years. So is there, you know, amongst all of like the the nights and, and times you worked, is there, can you remember like a, a hilarious like shift story from a time you work in or, or an event as well? Like is, 
<laughs> well, I've got ton of those in a way that you know working this industry kind of brings you to get in touch with so many people and many opportunity to, to like get, get things happening to you and around you and uh, uh, when I started this work back in the day I remember like being, being very very tired that one of the thing that I remember is one bartender one day I was freaking out because I was very tired there was too many people in the bar and uh, he'd say okay just stop now okay don't don't look at the people don't look at the customer drink this and that was Fernabranca and grapefruit juice together. And I started drinking it and the thing was really, really bitter. And somehow I didn't focus on the people in front of me and just focus on the how bitter the drink was. And I was like, okay, if that doesn't kill you, all the people you have in front of you is gonna be nothing to you. You're gonna just like survive the night. That was like my I was sixteen years old back in the day and like this is how it started. And um, you know, I kind of like remember nights being like really, really desperate of people like getting drunk and uh, and then helping you asking you for help. It's kind of a job that things happen every day to you. Kind of really hard to read call like specific thing happened to you sure everything is really like beautiful i remember people i remember meeting with a lot of people and still today a lot of people tell me oh do you remember the night we did this thing i say yes of course i remember <laughs> i didn't recall at all so many things really happened you know my one of the the crazy thing i mean one of the interesting thing about this job when i started is that it's totally different from what it is today i can see a lot of professionals today and people taking this job to a next level on how uh, to do preparation on the work, how they document themselves. Uh, back in the day, reaching the knowledge about product was really, really hard. Uh, to know a distillery was something like really to know the Holy Grail. It was like really, really hard. In my, I remember in my bar that uh, we we had like three juices, for example, back in the day. Uh, one was the uh, orange juice and then pineapple juice and tropical juice. And the tropical juice was the pineapple and orange together. That was the, <laughs> the craziest thing we could ever do. So that was like a, back in the day that the job was totally different from what it is today. But I've, I've, I've seen a lot of improvement and I, I'm glad. But what it stays here and that I like the most is the, the hospitality vibe. You know, really thinking. This is, everybody seems to have clear in their head that the most important thing happening in the bar are the people coming to the bar. Nowadays, I think I've seen people thinking about the customer even before they walk into the bar. And that is, is a great thing to this industry that is happening. That's what I like the most, actually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For, um, you know, as I, I think about this, like having more recently started myself, um, but when you're meeting someone who's new to the Bronca team, for example, or just in general, like how do you think about talking to people? Because it seems like you're certainly very optimistic about, you know, product and the hospitality but for people considering this as a career mm. is there generally like advice or coaching you find yourself giving or if somebody's like but is that a real grown-up job like how do you how do you think about what you typically tell people who are new to the bronca team or in general well um first of all i always say i remember but this is something that could fall generally to any type of job if you want to have a long-lasting career uh, first thing is not a race is a marathon, so you have to really be able to understand how to find yourself in the rhythm of working. Um, the other thing is do not love your brand, uh, respect your brand. This is the thing, you have to respect the job. F from love, I mean, you love your son, 
unconditionally. You love your family. You have to respect your job. You have to mm. respect your brand because that, from that type of sentiment, the good things are coming because you're working properly. You're really thinking what is good for the brand. From love, sometimes doesn't really. You don't really get that. The other thing is that try to understand try to repeat your to yourself every day why the company have chosen you to do the job why the company wants you so that is an interesting thing to do it's like an exercise you know to remember why they hire you remember why they hire you just remember what are your quality okay it's not what you can do for the brand but what the brand wants from you as a person and how can you improve that so kind of like use that as a as a as a mantra that you repeat every time um the other thing is that try to uh survive at least a year put yourself like to less short-term uh objective try to survive a year do your things that they need you to overcome the first year and that's the other thing i always say to people the other thing and i say to the branker team and to especially for people that starting this job for the first time is try to understand which is your personal relationship with your job and with the product that you're representing okay this is very important once you understand what the product means to you and you have chosen the right word to describe that you can transfer that better to other people it's your personal relationship is what the brand or the liquid you're presenting means to you that makes the difference so it's not just what a brand tells you to say about the, about the brand itself, but what a brand means to you. Because this is what people are listening to. This is what people listen to. This is what people believe somehow. This is also something that I always say to bartender. When, you talk, when you're choosing a brand for your bar, for your cocktail program, this is what people want to know. No, not really what is the brand or what is the liquid, but why did you choose the liquid for them? What was the pertinence of the drink, of the liquid in the drink? That's what I want to know. So it's like a really never stop thinking about your job. Never stop thinking why you're doing. Never stop thinking what are the things you can bring to your job. This is like a, as an exercise you should do almost every day. And I me mean, traveling so much, I do have a lot of time for this type of exercise. And uh, when I'm in uh, at the airport and when I'm in the lounge, when I'm waiting for my for, to go to work, those are the moments that I start. I exercise to understand why I'm doing this job. What brings me to wake up at six o'clock in the morning to take a plane? What brings me to do like that seven this seven uh, seminar in a row in a day? You know, I mean, I think about yeah for my own journey because like starting a new cocktail venture, you know, on my own is like it's. It's not always easy, and love, to, to what you said, love is what brought me here, but there are days when I have to think about what do I owe this work in order to keep doing it, because there are days that, like, you know, with love being so erratic, there are days I'm not in love with this work, and I owe it to myself or the company, so to speak, to, like, toe that line, because... You know, it's uh, when there are, you know, slumps in business or whatever, it's like, okay, if I was a professional, I would show up and still do my work as opposed to allow my emotions to like, you know, shut that down. So I, I feel that. And, and I also agree that when, when I feel like I'm talking to people about a cocktail, for example, you know, I can tell them what's in it, what flavors to expect, but I feel like the moment that they really kind of lean in is when I start telling them 
why I, you know, why this drink matters to me, why this process matters. I feel like, you know, everything else is just a list of facts, so to speak. And those can be useful, but like the emotion of those things, I think is really what takes it to the next level in a way. Yes, you are transferring to your customer, to the people in front of you, a passion. And that you can't measure it, you cannot build it, you cannot buy passion. You know, this is something that, and this is what people really are craving for, like the passion. You know, I think like love is an ingredient, okay, that is, doesn't have to be the sentiment that guides you every day for what you do. But it is an ingredient, it's an important ingredient. Uh, caring it's an important ingredient like I remember my grandma uh, cooking green beans for me and and they were just simple green beans uh, with some dried tomato and olive oil and garlic but she woke up at six o'clock in the morning to take the best green beans from the farm. She wouldn't go there at 12, so when the leftover were there. Mm-hmm. And if she was cooking slowly and choosing this right centrate tomato from a farm and garlic, she, she, so she cared on every single passage. And that, the ingredient kind of come through. Yes. The taste was different. There was something different behind that. And that understood that whatever you do, if you put that extra ingredient to it, is kind of makes everything taste better and looks better and the passion people can can feel the passion you can transfer their passion so it doesn't really have to be guide everything from love because if you are guided if you guide if you let everything guide by love you have too many expectation and that you know you can really put the same so many expectation whatever you do respect it is one of the third first thing but love should be an ingredient to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i remember from when we you and i had spoken before that you basically grew up in a bar you know Mm, yeah and so obviously i would imagine that your father in that role and kind of family could have been there but in terms of the influences or mentors who really guided you when you were early on in your career in beverage who was that and are there things you remember being told earlier on that kind of has helped shape part Mm. of who you are well um I started working in a bar, as I say, when I was 16, 17, and that was thanks to two people specifically. Uh, my uncle, they owns this bar, so he trusted me to uh, start working uh, with them. Uh, I was like just washing the glasses. I wasn't doing anything amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, And it was a really busy bar. We were doing like... Um, I don't know, 1,500 coffee, coffee espresso per day, uh, 700 pastries, like a um, croissant, and like 500 hot chocolates. So something that was really coffee, wow. busy place. And then we would do so many aperitivos in the night, in the evening. So I remember washing a lot of glasses. Um, and the only thing I had in front of me was like that, um, ABI cocktail list and a big poster and I was just reading those like and memorize them so I was trying to memorize all the ingredients of that international and the cocktail mm-hmm. uh, and I remember one day a guy a bartender just like couldn't show up to work was sick or something so they asked me do we want to step in and make drinks uh, it was the same bartender that every day was every time he was making like a wrong cocktail or a mistake would give it to me to try. Okay, try this. I made a mistake. Try this. What is this? I said, whiskey sour. How do you make it? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. So in the poster. So I was trying. So they asked me, do you want to step in tonight to try to work? I said, of course I want to step in. So I step in. I start working. And I remember my first, you know, they asked me, make me do some cocktail box. So they want me to be on the floor. So I was like floor tending, mm-hmm, as they say. Mm-hmm. And, and the heat made like 
I remember back then we make like six espresso martinis. Like, okay. Back in the day, we were making espresso martini before sure. all the espresso martini <laughs> thing, you know? Um, seven, so it was like, it was 35 years ago. No, sorry, 27 years ago. It was okay. like 30 years ago. So he made like five tall big espresso martini, and we were like in the summertime, it was like a, a, like a, a summer resort, and everybody was dressing white with linen, everybody cool. So I went to the table. Uh, with this five espresso martini, and as I t- took the first one, all the tray just fall, and all the other espresso martini just drop in, on on the fresh, nice clothes of these five guys <sighs> dressing white. And it was the first time I was in a bar, so I, I remember just—I actually remember just like I was so embarrassed that I had to leave. I didn't. I left the bar. I don't even came back to the bar. I don't even say nothing. I went back to my room. We had the rooms there, and I stayed there. Totally ashamed. I wanted to quit the job. And the guy told me he came to the room. I said, "What the hell are you doing here?" And yeah, I was ashamed. I said, "Don't worry. Don't worry. This is part of the job. You know, it's like going. To, it's like it's like driving a motorbike or going a bike. You're gonna fall sooner or later. Yep. Things gonna happen. So if it's, this is how you react to a mistake, that's it." Mm-hmm. So come back, you know, put your shit up, as they say, and go back there, go there, apologize, say you made a mistake, tell them that you, we're going to pay for the laundry, no worries, all the drinks are on us all night, and they're going to have a good time, I already sent them a bottle of champagne, so they are fine, but you go there and you deal with your product, with your problem, you deal with your mistakes, and you be part of that, because this is how you learn, you yep. learn by accepting that you made a mistake and make you understand the customer that you made a mistake, that you're sorry, and it will never happen again, and they will be grateful. If you don't show up, you don't say anything, that's it. Your job is done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always think about that it's it's so interesting to give people advice on that thing, but when it happens to us, <laughs> it can it feels so different than when like when we see it happening to someone else. But yeah, I um yeah, like I, I recently, like so t- coming later to the industry too, uh, you know, I've made Countless cocktails, worked plenty of events, but I worked my first, in a full-blown, like, heightened cocktail bar, I worked my first ever shift a week ago. Mm. And five minutes before the door opened, I was absolutely ready to throw up, and I knew it was the way through. It's, this is the only way you're going to do it is to do it. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, so there was just a thing where, like, you know, not quite at all, like, spilling drinks on people at all. But there were just a number of times when I was so overwhelmed, even getting verbaled to orders, that I would just forget what the other one was because I was so frantically searching in the speed rack for the ingredients <laughs> I needed. And, and just to know that, like, okay, you did that. It didn't go super well, but you're going to go back next time and it'll be better. Um, but it's just, yeah, you're back there and you're just like, God, like, is this? <laughs> yeah, for me, it was a great teaching lesson. Not only that lesson himself or happen but also how to deal with this type of things and how on the future being a manager how to deal with this problem when other people go through the same mistakes mm-hmm. and it was it was a really a great lesson that you learn from mistakes and uh, yeah people don't make mistakes because people don't, don't don't work you know if we say you don't make if you don't eat you don't make breadcrumbs so that <laughs> that is the thing so this was part of the job also dealing with the problems which is like a, i would say good 50 percent of our job most of the time is dealing with problem problem solving how to deal with crisis and how to keep on working because you have a whole night 
me quitting in the moment would not only jeopardize five customers and five drinks. I would jeopardize the income of the bar for all night. It yeah. would be like 15, 20 times more. Yeah. So that was the thing. You know, you're, you're not, that was not the problem. The problem is you're quitting and we are short of stuff and you're going to jeopardize the whole process of the bar. Mm-hmm. That was the, you know, this is a different perspective. Simple as that. And it was, a, it was a great lesson. It was a great lesson. I had a lesson at 17 years old. And I still remember, still see, I, just, I can still see the faces <laughs> of the people. I can still see yep. all dressed in white with a big stain of coffee all over them. They look like Dalmatas, you know. That <laughs> was crazy. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, the, the level of mortification in certain moments is just like it, it sticks with you. And hopefully that's like, yeah. You learned that. Let's not learn it a second time. Um, but yeah, you're on borrowed time for all of these mistakes. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just I, I've certainly spilled drinks on or you know towards people and you know, dripping off the table onto them. And you're just like, you want to crawl up and you know under the table and just die. But like, <laughs> yeah, but 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 yeah, the service isn't gonna stop. Not at all. And so yeah, it's like when I think about like you know even like you got. 12 tickets suddenly like you know it's it's happened to me the other night and it's like i can sit here and be as anxious about that as i want or i can put my head down and work through it because they're only going to keep mounting unless i find the reserve to be like all right all you can do is 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 punch these out so yes yeah totally it's like it's like a if you want to eat the whale and just one bite is impossible just like make small chop (laughs) <laughs> small steaks and start eating the whale all by by like small steaks. That's what we say in Italy, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like you can't have it all together, you know. If you have a big thing to do, you have just to chop it to small pieces and then one by one have it. And 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 this is the thing, you know. It's like a really. You see, also like back in the day, uh, I don't want to be the the guy that says every time is everything happened back in the day. But uh, having been having been working the bar since. Uh, 2003, like sure. really professional. I had my own bar, my own kiosk back in the day in Sardinia. Uh, and I love just be on the floor and, and be the guy that filled the fridge. I love to be a bar back. Kind of like, I wanted to be a bar back. I wanted to make sure that everything was perfect. Let mm-hmm. the guys do the job. But I really remember really back in the day making mistakes and dealing with stress and dealing with the uh, customer and, and, and everything. Just like really, you really... If you put too much into you, is nothing's gonna be done. You just have to think, okay, this is what I can do. This is this I'm gonna the thing I'm gonna do step by step, and I'm gonna do them all. It's gonna happen. The night is gonna finish sooner or later. Let's try to get the best out of it. Mm-hmm. I remember like making mistakes. <laughs> I remember making one day. I was making. There was a big thing of uh, flaming sambuca back in the day. You know, just flame the sambuca on there. You put like uh, uh, some uh, chartreuse and some other bitters into the glass. Some uh, brown sugar, and then you just flame the sambuca, and then you put your hand on top of the glass. Is creates the vacuum between your hand and uh-huh, the glass, uh-huh. and then you shake it, and then you serve it. I remember doing that like all night. I would do like 300 of those, and my hands were all like slippery and dirty. So I took two, like one on my hand, one on the other hand, and start shaking, and the glass, they both had shot glass just fall into the dance floor. And <laughs> these two guys, <laughs> these two guys coming back to the bar, they were all dripping brown sugar and chateaus and sambuca all over. 
that those are the moments say why why do you why did i do this job i just want to leave and i don't want to deal with this but then you deal with that you make fun you just you apologize you give her like a napkins you give her like something to drink i mean sometimes really problems are so much easier to solve when you are like when you are just like are you wanted to solve them you yeah know, simple as that if you don't let the problem just take you so yeah you know this was top of mind because i was talking with a friend the other day sexual a mutual friend of our friend Justin. In fact, I think you've been to Marshall's Bar before in Midtown, Valerie. But, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, being that you're on the road a lot, but also have a family, mm. how do you, you know, obviously when you're on the road, that's a, that's a different thing, but how do you work to try to balance those things? Or is it when you're home, you're home? How, how have you best tried to make sure that you can be good to Bronca, but of course also be good to your your family how have you how, how, how do you work through that uh well i have, I have a few uh thing i had a few thoughts about it okay and i think uh being a good dad also make me be good to branca some prospect you know being a good family person also make me good be good to branca because if i want to be keep on being a good family uh, person could be a good uh, be a good dad i need to maintain my job yep. uh, you know this is you know they they provide me you know yep. i i offer my professional i offer my network to them i offer my my work in life to them and they provide me with everything that i need to support my son and my family so dealing with that is i think this is it, it's not just me it's everybody that works in the in this industry you know at some point start thinking okay i have to really find a balance between what i do uh, and uh, and, uh, and the things that make me who i am okay so i don't really identify my job myself in a job that i do my son is is eight years old he knows i work for branca every time <laughs> this is a funny thing though um every time he makes the drawings of me like me and him on the swimming pool me and him somewhere he always draws me with a with a t-shirt with the Fernand branca logo because he <laughs> knows the logo of branca yes. and also with a glass in a cocktail and a bottle. So I got called like a couple of months ago from his teacher from primary school to say, listen, Mr. Julianas, we have to talk here. These are your son's drawing. What's the problem? Why does your son always draw you with a bottle of booze in your hand? I said, okay, sorry, I can explain this, okay? <laughs> this is my job, this is what I say. You know, I thought, okay, so there are no problems. Yeah. You know, no, 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 my son doesn't never see me drinking because I never drink when I'm with him. So it's like, uh, this is really, um, you you have to really find a balance okay uh, and this is again thinking that you you know your job is important you respect the job that you do uh, when you are working you really have to dedicate yourself to to the job you're doing mm -hmm. without distraction uh, and this is when you start respecting your job mm -hmm. and then there is that love there's my son the time that I spend with him and this is quality. It's a selfish moment that I take for myself or for him, and this I offer quality time. 
So also like in a relationship, a healthy relationship, I think is made is made of mutual respect, but also like it's not made of quantity, but it's made of quality. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen people working twelve hours per day and not really getting nothing out of it. So it's not the quantity; it's not the quality of the job you do. I've seen uh, parents spending like uh, weeks with their family, but not giving anything in those times, just be absent and being present at the same time. Mm-hmm. There was no quality there. So I've kind of like, there is a, there is a balance here. So I'm, I work every day and I think about my family every day. Uh, that's what gives me strength to wake up and do this job every day. That's what gives me strength of being professional every day and be a, like a respectful person and a respected person to, towards other people and towards myself because I'm also remember me. I remind me that I've, I have a son, I have a family, that I have expectation for me. So it's kind of like, um, it's a, it's a, I say that my family to me in the last eight years, my family, I mean me and my son, it's like the magnetic pole, you know, mm. so that kind of guides me, you know, yeah. and, and whatever happened, you know, the arrow goes back to the north. OK, whatever your turn is, so that kind of guides you, brings you there. That's great. So it's like it's guiding me to that. My work is important. Uh, I have the trust of a family of that. It's, it's kind of um, wants to maintain the legacy of being like sixth generation in the market. So uh, and this is another thing. Uh, you know, one of the most important thing of this company uh, is not really just the next fiscal year uh, or depletion and export, whatever. Uh, the most important thing for this family is to how to deliver the company healthy enough to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you do that by just like delivering quality because delivering quality, you gain respect mm-hmm. from the people. And the quality is not only on the liquid that you are, the quality is on the people you're working with, who's dealing with your company. So this, you know, we are part of this legacy project, and I f- really feel part of it. So I try uh, every effort of my, and every strength to bring that quality on the job that I do, on who I am, on what I do, and how I do it. Mm-hmm. And that is reflecting, of course, who who I am as a parent, as a, as a Lorenzo's dad. That's great. It does make me think, uh, so not being a parent myself, but my friend Brandon, who's uh, become pretty avid into cocktail making and whatnot. So, you know, his daughter, especially when she was a little bit younger, really loved to watch him, you know, work the cocktail shaker, all the noise and whatnot. And so him and his mom, when I was visiting one time, they were laughing to me about like, potentially one of these like moments at school where where, parent, where the teacher's like, what's going on here? So grandma's watching, uh, his grandma's watching uh, the daughter one night and uh, she picks up her little teacups together and she's like, oh, do you want to do like tea time or whatever? And she takes the two teacups, puts them together and goes, shake, 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 shake. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is beautiful. I mean, even my son, like sometimes uh, showing videos of me doing the seminars and everything, uh, he, he likes that. So, uh, this is nice. That Are these people there for you? These are people are here for me because they want to listen what I have to say to them. Okay, and what did you say to them? I say, I, I tell them stories, I tell them, I give them information. And I say, I mostly though share, share what things that I like, things that I know. And he wants to do the same. Like like the last year is t- just taking the books and going to other class and reading books. And he told me, uh, how do you get people to listen to you though? And I said, just read whatever you like really. 
Mm-hmm. Read the things that you like, yeah. not something just random. Things, things that you like. And the people who understand that you like it, they will want to know more and they will pay attention and they will be amazed by the thing you say because they believe you. So it's, that's what he's doing. Hopefully he's going to do the same job. I like him yeah. to think about him talking to people and do the same job that I do. But maybe it's going to be something. It's going to be a fisherman. I don't know. But <laughs> whatever. Whatever. He's going to have a beautiful stories to say about the sea. Yeah. Thank you for this. Is is there anything else that we did you wanted to ask or that we haven't? I, I want I want you to ask. I have questions oh, for sure. you. Please, please, please. Sorry. <laughs> yes. I, this yeah. is, really, I don't have really many. I don't really have chances to ask things to people. I'm always talking. Sure. Maybe people get bored too. But that's why I slip some booze all the time while I'm talking. You know, I do testing and talking, so people can kind of like accept me talking for hours. How did you start the podcast and what brings you to do it, the podcast, especially on this industry? This I'm curious about. Sure. So I started, you know, one, I feel like I'd heard enough uh, people out there that I just follow that, that talked about why they felt like it was valuable. Uh, one of the authors I, I follow, his name is Seth Godin, G-O-D-I-N. And he has talked about for a long time that he feels like everyone should have a blog and that he feels like the accountability of showing up regularly to write every day kind of forces you to have to think about, like, what did I notice? Like, what's worth sharing? And whether or not it's private or public. But it began for, for me to think about a way that uh, I thought about it as a way that I could learn from people who I wanted to know more from. And I'm fortunate that my good friend Chris Bay uh, has worked in audio before. And so when I started talking with him and this was during like kind of more the height of the pandemic uh he was like yeah it wouldn't be that hard he goes we'd get a few pieces of equipment uh we'd need a piece of editing software um and so he kind of made the the production piece feel easy Mm. and from there you know to my home market i started reaching out to just bartenders who were my friends and once i had two or three of them under my belt then i could be like Hey, I talked to these people who are of note in my market for sure. And people would be like, oh, sure, I would talk to you. And so that was what kind of seeded it. But it's interesting uh, what really happened in terms of beginning to, beginning to connect me with people like you was uh, Marshall at Valerie. His, he has a, a PR agency, and they were looking for opportunities. And I had put out enough episodes that his agent – reached out to me and saying, hey, would you like to talk with this guy? And in the process of that, they were like, here's the portfolio of people we represent. And so very quickly at that point in time, I was able to begin to interview all these different people. Um, And so at this point in time, it's really become this idea that uh, seemingly when I ask, a lot of people seem to be willing to talk. And so now the question is, what is it that I want to learn from them? And so it's been very fascinating uh, as a vehicle that has allowed me to accelerate my own learning. Because to the point of it's like I I try to make it a point with that podcast. uh, I don't, and I mean this hopefully generously, I don't want to talk to anybody that I don't want to talk to. Because it's going to show up that I'm not interested, right? Mm. Or for example, like I've interviewed a lot of people on rum so far and there's plenty of distance we can keep going, but I'm hesitant when certain things pop up. I'm like, okay, I've, I've interviewed five people about rum. Like 
what am I going to ask that is new that's furthering my own learning so that I make sure that, again, that I'm showing up in a good way for them. So anyway, so that's how it started. And it's just become this incredible access point to people um, that's allowed me to kind of learn more about it. Mm. I find it really therapeutical. That's why people want to talk to you. And I, I find it for me. It's like really, like really, really thinking all the time what you have to say and then get the, somebody just pulling off the right information out of you. Uh, and I, 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 re, I really find really fascinating the way that works. And back, it is back and forth. Yes. And I can see you taking a lot of that, bringing a lot of that. Uh, and then you start thinking there's no really uh, what you are saying but what type of like structure in your head brought you to do that type of thing? Am I, was I clear? Yeah. I, yeah. Really, like, what type of approach bring you to do the things you're doing? Uh, and that is more like uh, the, mo the most part, interesting part, like thinking. Like being inspirational is not only about that. I want to do this, exactly the same thing that this person is doing. Yeah. Be inspirational. Say, oh, I would love to. Uh, I'm start. I will start thinking this way. I will start making this mechanism in my head, so I will have that type of approach that matters the most. And another thing I'll add real quick is I read a great book called Let Your Life Speak. It's by this author. His name is Parker Palmer. And it's about the, 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 the search for vocation, for calling, what calls to us. And he's quick to say that your, what calls you doesn't have to be your work. It can be something you love to do away from mm. your work. But one of the questions he asks in the book is, what can I not stop doing? So, so who are you no matter where you are? And my whole life, I feel like, has been this series of information and experience gathering. And then I love to show people that. And so no matter where I've worked or who I've been, like this has always been a part of me like, oh, hey, I'm reading this book. You want to hear about this? And so this provides me another vehicle to kind of in a way share uh, who and what I've been learning from. So that's, that's kind of how it. Yeah, I find really, really, I guess I said, really fascinating. It's like getting in touch on this level. Yeah. And that really this is something that uh, – it's all, the whole idea of gathering together and socialize with people is, yeah. bring, is brought to this level of, of sharing knowledge, yep. uh, sharing understanding, and sharing the feeling with that. That's really fascinating. So, yep. are you doing like very well? So, thank you, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> you're it. doing that very well. And thanks for taking the time to talk. No, to me. beautiful. Thank great. you for having me here. And uh, anytime, you know. I'm, um, so there are so many, as I said, there are so many stories. Uh, there are so many things to share. Uh, I have so many mentors around there. I have so many bartenders, people from the industry, people from sales that yep. you always learn something. And it's like, you know, we are we are made of small bricks of experience. Yes. You know, we are not just one whole experience. We are just made of that. We are the, the result and the process of all this small experience together. Yeah. And we build ourselves with, so... Thanks for this opportunity. You betcha. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Learn more about the show, our guests from around the industry, how to submit your own conversation, and be sure to subscribe at SoThisOneShift.com. This series is produced by Decoding Cocktails.